Welcome everybody to the Blow Off Valve Podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker, coming at you from Tucker's Porch once again. Yeah. Uh, so if you hear some background noise, um, apologies, but again, it's a beautiful it's, day yeah. here in Minnesota. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was just going to say, we live in Minnesota, so this is what we do. This is what we nice do in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it takes. We don't get many of these days, so <laughs> we can enjoy them. It was actually really windy earlier, but that's yeah, kind of tail off, down, which is nice. Unfortunately, yeah. um, so this week we're going to... Briefly, I think, touch on, on the Azerbaijan GP in, in Baku. Uh, I'll be honest, I did. It was at like 6 a.m. I did not yeah. get up early to watch it. And then I was, I was at work doing a shift, and so I just kind of put it on in the background, just as like yeah. background music. Well, you told, you told me that it was like not that exciting, so I was yeah. like, I'm just going to watch the highlights. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it actually functioned fairly well as background noise. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't super interesting. Yeah, so the, the, there are a few interesting takeaways, though, from, from, the, uh, from the race, and uh, namely that of Ferrari, Ferrari still having issues. Yeah, so... Um, and that's not at all who I expected. I think I said to you or somebody, I thought... I thought it would really be Red Bull. Yeah, would be having the problems this year. Yeah, no, I know. Well, and they did early in the year. That's so. That's where I think it's interesting. Is Charles has put it on pole like three or four times in the last yeah. few races, and they've DNF'd like yeah. multiple times. Oh, it's brutal. And so, like, not only is he is he not winning when he's on pole, he's not even getting points. Yeah. And Carlos, too. Well, and then the other thing I always think of, because I think back to uh, sometime last year when, you know, Pirelli was really shitting the bed with tires. Oh, with the tires, yeah, with Mercedes at Silverstone. Lewis doing the final lap with a flat, basically. So I think to myself, this is not great for PR. No. You know, like... No, I mean, the entire point of, like... And stuff like that. Yeah, the entire point of this, you know, this enterprise for these manufacturer teams is to show... Showcase. Showcase. This is the technology we have, yeah. you know, and, and what great. we build. It's not great. So not Carlos great. was out first with, I guess, like a break by wire failure or something like that. Yeah, he just like pulled off in the, into a runoff area. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah, and then... He, there were no gravel traps. No, and then Charles, <laughs> who was in the lead, ended up... Uh, he came on to... It was like the straight, I think, and... And just had like yeah. smoke pouring yes. out of his engine and like old school. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was pretty sweet. It was a pretty epic <laughs> failure. Yeah, and so so you know uh, Max and um, and Checo ended up finishing one two for Red Bull. So another phenomenal weekend yeah, for them. There was there was a point early on in the race where. You know, Checo was looking really, really good. He was in the lead for a while, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, Mac, you know, Max has got his work cut out for him. Um, but but then all of a sudden, just like Max, with the straight line speed, I mean, it yeah. wasn't even team orders. I mean, it wasn't no, like you let, A lot of people thought it let, were, but like Checo never really just, defended. Yeah, he just, I don't know where that came from, but it just. Yeah, went, he blew by him. And yeah, then bananas. So they walked, they walked away with it, which is why it was kind of a boring race. There was not, you yeah. know, I mean, there were some good results that, you know, Mercedes ended up benefiting from Ferrari's DNFs. They, yeah, they, they were what? 3-4, three, three, I think. 3-4, yeah. Um, you know, so another podium George for George Russell, Russell, which is yeah. really impressive. Um, Lewis had his back just about broken I, in, yeah, so in the Mercedes. I, to, I do, yeah, I do have to, somebody, I think I'm pulling this from Reddit, Yeah, but somebody did comment, like, okay, you've got, obviously, 
one person's older than the other. Yeah, right. Yeah, but at yeah. the end of the race, you've got, you know, George, who just springs up like a spring chicken out of his car. Yeah. No yeah. issues. Yeah. Gets on, you know, very polished, very professional yeah. commentary in the interview. Right. Lewis comes in. And it's like he's just dying getting yeah. out of the car, and I, 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 like, I don't know if they're running different aero setups or what the <laughs> yeah. deal was. But, but I think I text that to you. I think I was yeah. like, "Man, Lewis just looks like yeah, just an old dying. man." Dying. Well, <laughs> yeah. and and oh. the I, I listened to so for those of you that may not know YouTube on the formula on the Formula One's official YouTube website, uh, they do or YouTube channel, they do like. A, Usually the day after the race is like a roundup of the best team communications from yeah. the race, and yeah. so I always listen to those. And um, uh, <laughs> Toto got on the comms to Lewis after the race, you know, in the cool down lap, and was basically like, you know, sorry, you know, very apologetic, like I do remember. Sorry that. about yeah. you know the car and and you know how you know how tough it was physically, and Lewis was basically like. You know, keep pushing guys, you know, his usual stuff. He's yeah. Like, we got to get this. We got to get this fixed. Because, like, apparently it was just absolutely brutal on his back. And, I mean, as we've talked about before, those those F1 cars don't have a traditional suspension. There's no shocks. Yeah. You know, but the, the body is absorbing a lot of the beating. And so when he's porpoising heavily and... You know, going yeah. up and down, it's it's really a beatdown. So and it's already super physical. It's already super just... physical, but... You know, the biggest takeaway from me was, you know, I'm, I was really hoping, and the season's still young, so this could be true, but I was really hoping that this would be a real epic battle between Max and Charles, yeah. Ferrari, Red Bull, for the title, and Ferrari, you know, even when they don't have mechanical issues, they just don't seem to quite, you just, it makes me wonder if they don't quite have the polish yet as a team. That's probably you know, fair, right? Pit I mean, stops, looks up strategy, etc. Compared to Red Bull, Red yeah, Bull are always I mean, the fastest in the pits. When Vettel was there, mm-hmm. it was basically like we just need to get him out of here. Yeah, right. Because that turned into a disaster. Then they yep. had the power performance issue, whatever. Oh whatever yeah, that yeah. Confidential the, agreement was right. Yeah, completely, basically sucked. Neutered the car. Yeah. So I mean, they they've been in a. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I mean, they've been in a building phase for a yeah. while now. Now that they're really at the top, it's... You kind of wonder if it's one more year. You know, yeah. they need maybe one more year. Yeah. Because they just don't seem to have the polish in terms of yeah. decision-making, strategy, mechanical consistency. Like, Red Bull had a kind of sketchy early start to the year, but one of the things that's been really impressive about both them and Mercedes, quite frankly, for the last few years is they are extremely reliable. Yeah. You know, they and that's a company that specializes in fizzy lifting drinks. Mm-hmm. So that's right. actually quite impressive. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, you figure with, you know, with the new Red Bull powertrains, with them doing their work in-house, that, you know, a lot of people were wondering, oh, maybe they're going to have issues, myself included. I thought so, too. But they apparently hired a lot of the uh, engineers from Honda before, okay. uh, since Honda was leaving F1, they hired a lot of their engineers to, to build these engines, and so I think they di- they're not necessarily running into the same a lot of the issues that we might have expected. Yeah. So you know, but they're looking like a juggernaut. You know, I, I my only so. my hope at this point is 
maybe for our gets together. If not, I really hope Checo at least maybe pulls a bit of a um, Nico Rosberg yeah, and yeah, challenges yeah. His, a his big boy teammate, <laughs> you know, for the title. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, because um, he's having a hell of a season. Um, so uh, this coming week, we'll see kind of how Ferrari bounces back in Canada at the Montreal GP. Um, and then I think we're off for a couple weeks, and then it's Silverstone. Yeah, so. and we uh, we have not been back to Canada for a while. No, this is the first it's one really, cool. really since all the COVID yeah. stuff. So it's been a few it'll years, cool. I think. Yeah. yeah, it'll be fun to see it back. And but uh, it'll be a fun it'll be fun to see kind of how Ferrari recovers. You know, I, Charles is a young young guy, young driver, and these guys are very resilient. But you do wonder if it's going to start getting in his head. You know, yeah. some of the reliability issues. Yeah, I mean, at least the reliability things are not necessarily under your control. Maybe they shake your confidence a little less. Mm -hmm. And they're frustrating, extremely frustrating. But it's like, well, the car was running fine, and then I just crapped the bed, lost the race. You know, that happening, you know, or, you know, a lockup or something. Like, that seems like maybe more likely to shake your confidence and kind of rattle you. Yeah, I mean, it is out of his control. So maybe he just says, you know, I'm going to push. And then if, it, if there's an issue, so yeah, so be it, is. you know. Yeah. And that's probably what he should do, quite honestly. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to, to, to kind of talk about, because it's, it's really interesting. And it, it's probably a, a really shows how fast technology develops. But um, recently, Mercedes unveiled the final production form of their yeah. Mercedes AMG one hypercar. So I, I do actually remember seeing that. Now. Yeah. I do remember seeing that. Yeah. It does look kind of it looks I thought it was cool. pretty cool, yeah. So doesn't have like the big like vertical wing. Yeah. That's kinda cool. I mean it's it's definitely a tribute to the the F one right car, you know. Yeah. So for those of you who who may not have heard of this thing, it's it was debuted I think in like twenty seventeen. And which the, is a long time which ago. Which is a long time like ago. A in modern times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially what this was was Mercedes Mercedes at the height of their confidence in F one saying, We want to take our F one powertrain and put it in a streetcar and make it road legal. Just basically one of these things to say we're gonna do it because we can. We have the technological know how, we have the money, etc. And so they announced this thing, and everybody thought, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, there's going to be an F1 engine and a streetcar. What, what more could you seems, ask for? Seems fun. And, and all the stats fun. that they were throwing out, you know, <laughs> it was supposed to be 0 to 6, 60 in, like, two seconds. And, and I think the weight was around, like, 1,200 kilos. Basically, it was supposed to be this incredibly light, super fast car. And... Then it went into this kind of production hell that they realized, like, oh, my God, getting an F1 engine with a KERS system and this hybrid setup to work in a streetcar is actually kind of a nightmare. Um, so what's what happened was, you know, they announced this now, the production version. It's gained a bunch of weight. I think it's up to, like, 1,700 kilos. <laughs> it's The performance stats are all worse than they initially said you know Re- I mean, they're still liability they're still amazing you know it's a 0 16 2.9 seconds you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but 
It's performance yeah, 2. figures. Yeah, 2.9 seconds, though, right? I mean... It's, high, it's supposed to be this modern hypercar. Yeah. And it's going to be beat by a Tesla Model Plaid. It'll be matched by your Taycan. Yeah. It'll be matched by a lot of stuff. <laughs> it, a lot of its performance figures beyond 0 to 60 time are similar to that of the McLaren 765LT. And they're charging $2.7 million for this. And yeah. on top of that, the funniest thing to me is that at like 32,000 miles, it requires a total engine rebuild that supposedly is going to cost in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's... And, you know, and granted, these cars aren't going to probably ever be driven for 32,000 miles. Yeah, that's true. But it still is just like... This... You know, it's like it's like selling experiences, right? So mm-hmm. you can... You know, with the with the Taycan, it's okay. This is Porsche's first electric, um, right? Uh, pr- presumably a true sports car. Yeah. With your car, it's uh, a nine eleven, you know, track package, like the ultimate right. track, track package. And right. so you're you're being sold these experiences. And then when you read about this and you read what it costs, mm. it's kind of like they're saying you you are, you sit down with the salesperson. You say, so what's unique about this? And right. Like it's going to cost a lot. Yeah, right. And you're like, okay, anything else? It's going to be really complicated. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think and it's like, okay, that's the experience. Yeah. And my ears are ringing really pay nightmare, for nightmare, yeah. nightmare. Well, that's that's the thing is is I this car I think in 2017 would have been absolutely cutting edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. problem is 5 right, years yeah. later it is not cutting edge and and now the only reason you would buy it is one, it's going to be very exclusive. We're talking numbers in the I think few hundred, low yeah. hundreds, and it is an F1 powertrain in a road car. That yeah. is true. They did do that. You know, they put in an MG UK, but an MG UH. So they did do this. But if you're trying to have a top trumps kind of, yeah. who's got the fastest <clears throat> stuff? Like in a straight line, you're losing. 100% you're losing to yeah. a Tesla Model Plaid yeah. on a on a circuit <laughs> on a on a racetrack you're more than likely going to lose to things like a McLaren Senna you know these other track yeah. prep cars so like this is not the fastest yeah. or best or most exclusive thing anywhere so kind of the the, the parallel that I I was wanting to draw because I think it's an interesting story is is this with an with the Jaguar XJ220. So the XJ220 was a Jaguar supercar that they developed late 80s, early 90s, um, kind of around the same time as the F40, F50, um, competing with those sorts of cars, competing with maybe the Porsche 959. And it had great performance, but the problem was when it debuted, I think at the Geneva Auto Show, um, it had a V12 in it and Porsche took deposit or sorry Jaguar took deposits from people with the assumption that it was going to be one a V12 engine two that it could do 220 miles an hour and that was where the 220 came from and that was going to be a record for the time yeah. so now you you have the world's fastest car as V12 engine amazing right peak of british engineering yeah well the problem was, around the time it was being developed, there was a huge global recession. 
and Jaguar basically had to cut costs where they could. So they, instead of the V12, did a twin-turbo V6 and said, here it is. It doesn't do 220 miles an hour. It, do, it does above 200, but not that much above 200. So basically, they, they, a lot of what people put deposits down on was no longer the case. So a bunch of depositors tried to back out, and Jaguar ended up suing those people that tried to back out, and it created a PR disaster for them. Uh, and I and I just wonder if people are going to do a similar thing with this. Like, if if it was you, if you put down a huge deposit on this car that's going to cost an insane amount of money, and the only and it was going to be the fastest thing, it was going to be the pinnacle of the hypercar, and now you're going to get beaten by, you know, quote unquote supercars in your hypercar. Yeah. Do you still? Is is the F one powertrain and the exclusivity enough to make you still want to buy it, or are you going to want to back out? Yeah, I think the problem, and this is true a lot of cars in general, is uh, I think the, like part of it is car culture. Yeah. And collectively, what is un- what is understood. Right. And the and the problem is, ha- had they set expectations, right? That, hey, we're going to put like they just came out and said we're going to build a car based on our Formula One cars, and we're going to put their powertrain in there. Yeah. And they just left it at that, period. Yeah, right. I'd be like, that's really cool. And if I had a lot of money yeah. to blow on something like that, I'd say, sure. And then you'd show up at Cars and Coffee or whatever you're doing with it, yeah. and people are like, wow, that's really cool. That's one of those like street-legal F1 cars. That's How crazy, sweet. yeah. Right. But instead, you show up now, and it's like, Oh, that's that overhyped car. Yeah, that a Tesla Model Plaid can be in this big long list. Yeah, and that's like it just becomes like, yeah, a bit of a joke. A bit of a joke, and 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 that's and that's kind of like what matters in in car yeah. culture. I think you're. Know? I think you're right. I think it. I think where they went wrong, and where other manufacturers have gone wrong too, is quoting simulated statistics on what yeah. their car should do. Yeah, we've seen this before. Yeah, you know, we've seen this before and and it's like why would you do that? It doesn't do you any good. It's it's like I it forget sets unrealistic expectations and then yeah. the engineers probably roll their eyes like how did they do yeah. it again? Well, I remember I can't remember what company it was, but somebody was coming out with a new hot supercar and they quoted a simulated I, Nürburgring time. And I it's forget, like what are you I doing? Think it was Jaguar. I, could have been. I thought it was Jaguar. I thought it was some something yeah. they you know it, trumped up, and that's I distinctly remember that. And it was like a people were like, yeah, yeah, I, simulated yeah. like it, it just it <laughs> makes it makes no sense because <laughs> that's really a no win scenario because if you if you brag about this thing and then it does it, people are going to say, well, yeah, sure, you said it would, but if it if it doesn't do that thing, yeah, then it now you're the butt of a joke. Yeah, it becomes butts of jokes, and that's yeah. nobody wants to own that car. No, and not so, for that kind of money. Yeah, that's the and that's the that is the optics problem. I think Mercedes runs into now. I mean, all these cars have been sold. I mean, they're they're all sold, so it's not like they're yeah. they're not gonna you know make their money on them. But for the owners of these cars, yeah, you know. The XJ220 still lags behind all of its supercar contemporaries in terms of value, 
And I think because of the stain of that whole affair at the time, I mean, its performance compared to its contemporaries was phenomenal. It was it was just as good, if not better, in a lot of ways. But it was the how yeah, the things PM, played out. PR nightmare. Yeah, and and so I I wonder if the same is going to happen to the Mercedes. You know, like we're kind of I I think Merce, I think Porsche and maybe Ferrari, but I think definitely Porsche is going to announce a new hypercar within the next and probably Ferrari because we've got the the LM uh yeah hybrid or hypercar class coming up at Le Mans next yeah. year which means Ferrari and Porsche have to have a streetcar yeah homologate and yeah. it's been long enough since you know the the quote unquote holy trinity of the La Ferrari the 918 and the P1 yeah. came out that we're kind of due for something yeah <laughs> and so I think if if uh, if Porsche and Ferrari come out with something yeah. really crazy, yeah. I think people are going to look at this and just kind of say, eh. Yeah, you know, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> well, and how long does it take them, you know, to to develop that? If that if that happens quickly, and you employ you know current technologies, right? You, you get the car out. Yep. It's got great specs and it smashes it's not out of date right but if you wait seven years from announcing yeah. it getting it out right things are going to move on i would expect if i was one of these manufacturers i would expect that while i'm developing my le mans hypercar class car i'm in parallel developing the street car that yeah. will go with it you know yeah. And, and yeah i mean there's gonna have to be significant changes but like the powertrain and stuff will should be similar yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Mercedes, you know, kind of stumble on this may end up being beneficial for the likes of Porsche and Ferrari to be able to see like, look, that ours is a true next generation yeah, 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 yeah. hypercar. <laughs> um, but I just thought that was really funny. It was like yeah. a bunch of it, it, there's something very satisfying thinking about a bunch of yeah. really obscenely wealthy people being mildly disappointed about something. Yeah, I know, it is satisfying. Uh, little, little, yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing I, we wanted to touch on, you, you had kind of texted me yeah, one of the Bring was, Trailer links, but lately... It, it was, uh, this was a, a P-Car market, Yeah, and it was a, a GT3. That, so for that those of you that P-Car Marketplace is a online auction site kind of like bring a trailer but it's a lot of porsches they yeah, do have other stuff they do have other stuff but anyway so i i was i'm just on there once in a while because one it's you know interesting stuff there's some cool up. stuff yeah <clears throat> um so this um 992 mm-hmm. gt3 is up for sale black very cool very nice spec actually yeah and um the guy who was selling it had actually like super broken english like really just shitty grammar yeah, yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like comments and i was yeah. just like obviously i think i said to you like okay obviously you, you don't need an education to have a lot of money <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but um some he was going back and forth with another comp commenter about um the the crypto crash yeah (laughs) (laughs) to my reading it sounded like we needed to you know free up liquefy some yeah right right yeah yeah all of a sudden this car that maybe assuming it got an allocation yeah this car that he paid 200 grand for 210 grand for or he can sell for 300 
Yep, could sell for three hundred, or they had a good run in, on crypto and was like, "I'll yeah. just pay the I'll just ADM pay the over." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll pay the hundred k ADM on it. Yeah, um, yeah. It, but but it is it 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 rings true in a lot of actually bring a trailer because there. I just sent you another link the other the day. Two thousand two. Yeah, there was a two thousand two. A really interesting color. I can't specifically yeah, remember the it's name a of it. Yellow, yeah. yeah, and um, and then another one. Then these were were cars that I I I swear to God like sold last year. There have been and at least two back 2002s through. that yeah, have I been sent you, yeah. resold in the last. <laughs> and these years. were cars that were fetching like a hundred grand. Yeah, really nice restoration. The yellow, the yeah. yellow one I think was like a hundred, and then this uh, blue one that just went back up mm-hmm. uh, was like seventy five and. People in the comments just like immediately were like, "Oh, five months. Wonder what went wrong. Like, wonder if it was the crypto crypto crash." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I I think that is a really, very much a real phenomenon. You know, you had a bunch of people who we've I talked about more, this before. I think like more people than we than, than we realized. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, to, so you know, there were probably a decent amount of people who. They didn't get wealthy, but they made a quick hundred grand yeah. off this off this stuff. Yeah. Whether it was NFTs, cryptocurrency. Yeah. They made quick money, and because they made it quickly and easily, they said, "Well, hell with it. I'm just going to have some. Repeat. It'll yeah. it'll always go <laughs> up. Hell with it. I'll I'm, I'm going to buy something fun because somebody's going to pay more than I paid. It's well, you know, anecdotally, a friend of my wife and I. A friend of hers in that lives in England bought a brand new Porsche Cayman. He's a young guy in his mid twenties. He bought a Porsche Cayman with purely with money he made off of crypto investments. Wow. And he said, you know, I this was I did this as kind of a, a lark, essentially. Yeah. I made a I made some money off of it. I'm gonna have some fun. You know? And and we look at that and say like Oh my god, dude! Just invest that in something, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know, I can't. Bl- I mean, I can't blame the guy for buying a car. Like I, I, I probably would do the same thing. thing. <laughs> um, but I think there is a large contingent of people that they, you know, made a bunch of money off of a volatile market, and then said, "I'm going to go buy my dream car, whether it was a 2002, a new 911, a yeah. whatever." And and that has really contributed. At least in in part to some of these crazy prices. Some of some of the like the funny money. Right. Exactly. I mean, well, yeah, you've been you've been saying that for a couple of years now. Like this funny money of like, it makes no sense why someone pay X amount of dollars for a certain yeah. car, but they're just like, I don't give a shit. I want to have it, and yeah. so they do it. Yeah, I think uh, you know to some extent. I, I mean, you've been saying this for years because I've kind of brought the crypto thing up occasionally, and you've said it's just you know it's just speculation. Like if you yeah. wanna if you wanna spend a weekend gambling, just go to Vegas. Right. Well, you know, Bill, you don't... Bill Gates said so. Bill Gates at TechCrunch, which is the big kind of tech conference, basically kind of went on record this week saying like this is all like essentially a scam like it, yeah. it's you know <clears throat> nfts particularly but also cryptocurrency it's there's nothing backing it yeah you know you could I mean, say you could say there's nothing backing the u.s dollar but the u.s government is backing it you know yeah. like there's bonds there's various things yeah it's not on the gold standard anymore yeah, but there's yeah, money yeah, backing yeah, it yeah. you know there's there's a government backing it 
Well, no one is backing Bitcoin. That can go to zero tomorrow. Yeah, and that's kind of... It's think purely like, what people think it's worth. Yeah, and I think I'm sure there's... I mean, I'm not an expert in it. I've kind of just stayed away from it because it, it kind of struck me as a little... Like too, I kind of said, crazy. A, little, a little dicey. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I mean, I've paid enough attention to finances and markets uh, since I was a, a young man that I can kind of recognize volatile trading. Yeah. You know, like a commodity, basically. And I've right. seen friends, I've seen, you know, family members get their asses handed themselves with commodities. So I was like, yeah, right. I'm not doing that because yeah. I know how this works. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that maybe someday something comes out of this because i'm not an expert in this stuff and you know maybe something you know some kind of uh financial instrument or a use case that mm-hmm. maybe isn't quite as ubiquitous today presents itself because enough people seem you know enthralled and invested in this so it's probably not completely going away but it, yeah. it has lost you know two-thirds you know of, of its value Three trillion dollar market reduced to one trillion. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of money. I do wonder if we're going to see fewer crypto dot com arenas. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> the, the same globe. thing out of the tracks. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> like, I, I think it, it it's really you know we're not obviously not a financial podcast, but yeah. these things do have ramifications, you know. And and I I told you when you sent me that link, I was like, good, like screw these guys. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, hope, I mean, I hope that more of these. Yeah. Get into the hands of people. More of these cars that these people are buying get in the hands of people that are actually passionate about it. Actually, yeah, you know, really want it instead of just buying a toy. Yeah, and I think I think to some of this, our you know, both of our reaction to crypto is kind of flavored a little bit by. On one hand, I definitely feel bad for like normal people that were like, oh, we're probably missing an opportunity game, right. here. Like we should probably get and involved over, in this. Yeah. And then it's more my experience because, you know, my experience with crypto and just people mm-hmm. uh, have gone back a long time. And some of those people were basically, you know, kind of like, well, obviously you're not involved in it because you're not sophisticated enough. You don't understand how this yeah, works. Yeah, it was very and condescending. So, yeah. so from, from that standpoint, to see it go up in flames, it's I get a lot very of satisfaction from yeah. But from the standpoint of, like, you know, people getting their asses handed to themselves yeah. who are normal, hardworking people, like, that sucks. I do, I, feel, that. I, I do feel bad for those people, but I feel bad for them in the same way that I would feel bad for someone that is going to the casino with their rent money. Like, you're making a bad decision. I feel bad that it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. But also, you're making a bad decision. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I I think that's true, and that is something that I hope a lot of people have kind of taken away from this, is this is not sorted at this point, and it is the Wild West. And if you time it right, which is, you know, the case in any market, you could probably make a lot of money. But the people that, honest to God, timed it right the vast majority they were, were just lucky. years ago yeah no they were I just know. lucky they were just lucky i mean it was and they wouldn't they it was wouldn't like if it. it was like if you had invested in the GameStop stock just at the right time yeah yeah you could you could you could be so, made tens of millions of dollars you know but. so so i guess my point is what well, what's going to be fascinating is to watch some of these markets like the 2002 because it's one thing to have to go buy an SUV because your family needs it. Right. 
transport kids. We're talking kids. fun cars. We're talking about cars that are 50 years old. They're maintenance nightmares. Yeah. You know, as you're like, learning currently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's, they're lovely. It's a great experience, but it, it's a pain in the ass yeah. on, on the other hand. And so with interest rates going up. That's a big one. Interest rates are going up. Yeah. The funny money is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. The people who are left, I, I, I'm curious how many people it cuts out of the market. So you're yeah. removing buyers of cars who would be paying with borrowed money. Yeah. And Not only are left, you removing them, you're increasing supply as people liquidate yeah. their... And, and so what's left are, are, are the cash buyers. And yeah. to be completely honest with you, I don't think there's a lot of those people. I mean, there's a lot of retirees and stuff for people close to retirement that can... Mm-hmm. But it's not an endless ocean. So I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll be curious to... Hi, everybody. I apologize. We had some recording difficulties at the end of the episode. It just cut off a little bit of our conversation. Um, so apologies for that. If you notice the kind of abrupt cutoff... Um, I just wanted to uh, to make you guys aware. We are aware of it. Um, uh, there was an issue with the software we used to record. So my apologies, but I hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.